BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to BizQuick. You got Julie and Corey here today. We're going to have um, authors and co-founders, Andrew and Sarah Kim. They are the co-founders of Culture and Strategy, and they wrote the book, The Left Brain Business Leader. I think I got that right. The I, Left Brain Leader. I, I think Andrew is the only one who wrote the book, though. I don't know. We got, we got we some mixed know. signals. We're not even really sure if Sarah's going to be on today. No, she's going to be on today. So, but we got some mixed signals yeah. and, and the... And the bios that we got. So we'll figure that out when we get to um, the interview. But it should be a good interview because Andrew and Sarah are in alignment with us when it comes to um, being strategic with your business and building a culture, um, like like having what they call that culture strategy that aligns with, you know, obviously your culture and your brand so that you can go from working in your business to on your business and all of those things that we always say here on this podcast. It's it's all about building a business where you are doing the things that I, I would assume that you want to do and not, you know, stuck working on all the other nonsense. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just laughing because this is like the longest intro on the face of the planet where I literally said nothing while you just jabbered on and on. Well, you were complaining that your eyes hurt earlier and you don't look like you want to talk. So <laughs> I'll do the heavy lifting today. Don't worry, Julie. I think you want to do the heavy lifting because this is um, a you know left-brained conversation. Although one could argue that you might be more right-brained than I am. I use my whole brain. <laughs> on occasion. Yes, on occasion. Somet when, sometimes you use your 40-year-old brain and sometimes you use your 13-year-old brain. Yeah, it just depends. Um, <laughs> Situational. Yeah, but it uh, they, they talk about a lot of the same stuff that we talk about. And I think that will be an interesting conversation to get their, um, their opinion, their viewpoints on the things like growing and scaling your business and freeing up your time so that you can have a, you know, a good work-life balance, which is important. Yeah. I was actually just thinking earlier today about how, um, you know, strategy is, it's culture and strategy are, you know, so important. And I was, cause I was thinking about them with respect to Cabo, you know, and you opening the restaurant and how much that um, you know, we, how much time we spent talking about and working on culture because, you know, as Peter Drucker says, culture eats strategy for lunch, right? So if you don't, if you're not defining and in, in controlling your culture, you really can't implement on a strategy. So I'm extremely interested to hear what Andrew and Sarah have to say about, you know, culture and strategy together and how they, how they look at it. And I'd like to also get their opinion on that because we always talk about how culture is something that you can create, but it's also something that occurs naturally. Like you have you have some control over it. You can kind of set some guardrails or whatever, but like that true culture is really your personality coming out in that business because you can, 
you can talk all day about like employee benefits and people come first and all that. But in the end, like if you're a dick at the end of the day, like that culture doesn't align with you and the more dickish side of being nice to your employees comes out. Sure. Whenever I always think about, you know, like a disastrous culture (laughs) from a business perspective, I think of a client that we had a while ago, uh, long before we started SB Pace. So it's not any of our loyal SB, SB Pace fans. So somebody that we worked for before and, um, you know, they wanted this culture that was fun and engaging and, and collaborative. And they had the most dickish CEO on the planet who was a lunatic. And he pretty much, you know, he had this very bad habit of letting an executive make a decision. And then he would back channel to gain support to overrule that executive's decision. Even though he was the CEO, he liked to get co-signers to let him know that he was correct and wanting to do something different and he would just demolish whatever strategy or plan had been put into place and we watched it happen over and over and over again and that might have been the most toxic environment we ever ever engaged in and I thought to myself when when you know we were both done there like that assignment could not have ended soon enough because that culture was just crazy and to change it would have taken, I mean, it would have been. Well, we were hired for different reasons. Oh yeah. We weren't hired to help the culture. Well, yeah, but we were also hired for different reasons and I, I'm pretty good at just putting my head down. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't get, I didn't get, uh, wrapped up in all of that like you did so i became the therapist for everybody on the executive team that's the nice thing about this face is people don't like approach you to talk (laughs) (laughs) well you know i know i like to talk to you yeah but it takes time to get to know me like it's it's not people aren't you know so-and-so is not going to walk up and start you know bitching about whoever else you know that's because you always have your suit of armor on you always have your fight face on Corey. (laughs) well i've got the uh permafrown (laughs) you do yeah you do Um, but it's the, like when it comes to culture and and that's something that uh, for any business where people like just want to work there, Mm -hmm. it's a part of it is that the, the, the benefits and not even talking about healthcare or bonuses or whatever, it's like free lunches on Fridays or they go play paintball on the weekends or whatever it is, like all of the things that go into it. But then it's also, it's just like the, the business has a personality of its own. Very much so. And that's, you know, people are willing to work for less money or, commute further or whatever it is, give up something in their life to have a better work life. Yeah. And not even work life balance, like their life at work. Agreement. Yeah. Agreement. Nobody wants nobody wants a sucky work life. Correct. Nobody does. All right. We should probably wrap up and bring in Andrew and Sarah. Can't wait to hear what they have to say. Great. We'll see you after the break. Listen up, BizQuick fans. Julie and Corey are launching two new group coaching programs designed specifically for aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Small Business Startups is a 90-day program that will walk any aspiring entrepreneur through the steps required to launch a successful and solid business. The Small Business Accelerator is a nine-week coaching program that helps anyone with an existing business build a stronger foundation and create actionable goals to take their business to the next level. Check out both programs on our site under the services section or click on the link in the show notes to learn more. Now back to the show. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We've got a big surprise for us. It's just Andrew today, so there was a miscommunication, and Sarah will not be joining us, but we have Andrew Kim with us. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Corey. I'm I'm uh, looking forward to just sharing some thoughts with the audience. 
Yeah, and we're looking forward to it as well. We um, on the front end of this, we started talking about um, obviously culture and um, like work life balance and that type of stuff because that's uh, some of the things that you talk about and building that that culture strategy or strategy culture. I probably got that backwards, but uh, <laughs> the. Um, the because that's something that we're big on is is building a culture and building a business in such a way that you can like the business I don't want to say runs itself but makes it easier for you to do the things that leaders should be doing. Oh, absolutely, and it's something that took me a while to learn along my own journey as a business owner and leader. You know, um, when people talk about having a good organizational culture, oftentimes people want it. People think it's going to be great and fun. However, when it comes to actually doing it, that's when people stumble. In fact, I remember when I began my journey as a business owner and leader, I actually thought that business was all about processes and systems. And that's why the book is called Culture for the Left Brain Leader, because left brain folks tend to think in terms of systems and processes. Just a little bit about myself. I'm a periodontist and MBA by training. I own a rapidly growing business and try to scale it. And then there, there came a point when it almost all came crashing down on me because we tried to grow a bit too fast with only systems and processes in mind, not the culture. It took that painful plateau that painful hitting that brick wall to get me to open my mind to the fact that there's more to business than what I had thought. It really took a culture transformation to really flip my situation around because I was in a situation where I was doing well and then we tried to grow a bit too quickly. What happened was that now uh, with increased expenses, losing resonance with customers and employees ended up in a situation where bleeding tens of thousands of dollars a month and not knowing when it was going to end. So that being said, it really took that mindset shift of focusing on the culture to really turn things around. And that's after doing that, that's where I did gain the desire to share the story. And what I did was I kind of reverse engineered what I had learned through kind of like MBA style systems and processes and and compartmentalize it in the book. So what was it that led you to look at the culture rather than systems and processes? Because, you know, when things aren't running efficiently or you're losing revenue or customers, you tend to look at how, you know, the, the systems and processes part of a business and not necessarily the culture. So what, what was it that caused you to say, hmm, this might be a culture issue and not a systems issue? Well, that's a great question. And whenever I encounter challenges, you're right. I did look at the systems and processes. Whenever there were gaps, I introduced more systems and processes on top of that to try to plug it up. <laughs> Didn't really help the situation. It really took my exhausting, all my ideas. And that's when I actually began working with a coach slash consultant who encouraged me to look at things from a different vantage point, more in terms of management and leadership. We didn't actually use the word culture per se, but on retrospect, after realizing what we had done, I realized that that's in essence what we did. So initially, I embarked upon it by reassessing some of the management and leadership principles and 
it actually did take me that brick wall to really open my mind to it because before I used to think that they were kind of fluffy and squishy topics, to be honest with you. <laughs> so it did take that brick wall. It did really take another perspective. And at that point, I, I told myself, what do I have to lose? I tried everything else that I can think of. So let's 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 give it a go. And that approach is something um, the throwing more systems and processes at the at a problem is something that a lot of people do is if something's broken, you just add to it to hope that that's going to fix instead of assessing the problem, finding the root cause and addressing that it's I'm going to put a bandage on it. I'm not going to fix the problem. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, you're talking about those fuzzy and squishy things. And, and during the first part of the show, we were talking about like, there's some of the tangible parts of your culture. And that's the things that, you know, whether it comes to bonuses or things like that, that, you know, help kind of show you that you, that, that you appreciate your employees. But then there's also like, like you said, the fuzzy and squishy, those intangible things that, um, just come through training and, and uh, working with managers and, and just building a culture. And that's the hardest part of building a culture. Yes, it is actually a very multi-threaded uh, approach to it. And that's what a lot of people, uh, at least in terms of those who talk about culture, they tend to t- discuss it in a very single-threaded manner. Almost in a way where if we just lean in and be vulnerable and care for our team, that alone is going to take care of it. Well, (laughs) there's actually more to it than that. And that's actually what we talk about in the book. In fact, I find that there's actually three typical root causes to all this. The first one is actually if, if there is a widespread distrust or wounds, and oftentimes organizations that do have challenges with that does have that going on. We have to address that first before we try to do any of the other fancy gimmicks. And that actually entails a few things that we have to address. First of all, we have to reassess how we approach management and leadership. And that that may involve reassessing how we approach those everyday moments. Like for instance, when something gets escalated to you, how do we how do we approach it? Do we just simply default at telling people what to do? Because I know that's what I did. <laughs> it did solve the issues on the short term, but what I re- quickly realized, actually not quickly, it took me a while to realize that it didn't solve things in the long term because people were always dependent on me to have the answers. It didn't give room for development of people. And when there wasn't room for development of people, the relationship between the leader and their team doesn't develop. And also the engagement and retention doesn't form either. Because especially in today's um, business landscape, Loyalty and retention means a lot, right? <laughs> so, so culture is something that can definitely help with that. Well, loyalty and retention are pretty much non-existent at this point for many, many companies, right? And loyalty, I think, is more centered to people, right? So if, for example, I own a company, which I happen to, and if we you know, had a bunch of employees people would be more likely to say if they were loyal to me than loyal to the company. But I, I don't, I, th- I think loyalty is, it, and is a, is a lost, 
a lost art for many people. They don't know how to build mm-hmm. loyalty. And most people aren't aren't loyal, especially not to like big, big companies, nor should they be, in, in, in my opinion. I think you mentioned it very well. People are loyal to people. And and even so that encourages encourages us as either managers or leaders to build a relationship with our team members. And besides that, at least in terms of the employee experience, even within larger companies, it is that ma- direct manager, the one right above them, that tends to make up the the largest portion of the employee experience. So that being said, you're right. It's not about the, the the name value of the company. It's about who their manager is and how they showed up to work and what type of environment they made for their team members. And when you have that culture, the the, the right culture, you're going to attract the right people to your business. And, and one of the things you talk about is getting rid of like that micromanagement attitude, which I – is something that I just do not understand. People who want to make every little decision, like when I'm <laughs> when I'm managing people and they come to me with the tiniest things, I'm like, "You figure it out, or we're gonna have to have a different talk." Because I don't need to make that decision for you. But you know, they probably come from either well, either they're idiots and I need to you know fire them, or B, they come from an environment where it was like they were like they're now afraid to make a decision because they don't want to get reprimanded if they make the wrong decision. God, I'm like scanning in my brain anytime that I come to you with small decisions. I don't think I do it often. So. <laughs> oh, but I give you I give you a hard time whenever you, you do. You so do. I just want to involve you in the important things. I know. Anytime you anytime you bring I'm like I think you can figure this out on your own, Julie. <laughs> and and you know what that reminds me of a quote um that uh that if we give complex instructions, it tends to give rise to simple-minded behavior. That means that if we're give, if we're delegating with all the permutations in mind, what tends to happen is that because they don't know all the angles, it leads to a very one-dimensional approach of actions. However, if we actually approach it from providing simple instructions and with repetition consistency and discipline then it tends to give rise to complex behaviors in terms of getting things done and all that comes in the form of engagement and that also comes in the form of being able to conceptualize our own solutions because one thing i've come to realize is sure i, I could probably come up with a more elegant solution myself However, because it's, it was my idea, they don't know it inside and out. And when curveballs get thrown at them, and it will, when curveballs get thrown at them, they tend to freeze. That being said, the long-term productivity of their actions going based upon my idea tends to actually be diminished in comparison if they had the engagement and they provided, they received general guidance, but at the same time, collaboratively came up with a solution and owned it and did it themselves. One thing I've come to learn and notice is that they tend to be able to pivot very well. In the long run, I I find that to be a much more long-term sustainable form of getting work done 
in a way that's healthy for the work environment. And at the same time, it's enjoyable. <laughs> Interesting. So what's the relationship between engagement and culture? Oh, there is, oh, a lot. Engagement is, is one of the key things that differentiates um, top companies versus uh, not, uh, I guess one, would con one can say mediocre companies. If you actually look at it, and this comes from the Gallup studies as well too, the top companies has a very high percentage of their employees being, being actively engaged, okay? So meaning that organizations where that, that thrive on strong cultures have a much higher proportion of these actively engaged em employees. That being said, the main question is how? How do we achieve that? Okay, and, and, and it is more than just uh, how we delegate. It is much more than leading and, and caring. There are other components to it. We do have to look at our alignment rhythms within the organization, okay? It does involve perhaps adapting how we, how we show up for our everyday moments in, throughout our work. So we have to facilitate uh, changes in mindset throughout our people, both in ourselves and also in our teams. We also have to reassess the employee experience just from an HR standpoint. And beyond that, we also need to look at our business um, processes from, from the actual functions of the business units. That's important because before processes used to look, uh, used to have tens of pages of instructions, data overkill, and it was extremely rigid. Nowadays, if we want to capture the engagement, it needs to be simplified, but not simplified in terms of being dumbed down, simplified in the fact that it's more user-friendly. That means we need to capitalize on, on the most relevant information, but create a little bit more breathing room. Actually, it's harder to design processes with that in mind than having an excessively long uh, set of instructions with details because I'm sure we've all been there. We, we give all these instructions and expect people to do it. It just doesn't come together, right? The last thing is we also, kind of, we also need to look at how we approach our strategy because a strategy is what gets people to engage to the company. That's also very important as well too, in a way where it's nimble, both at the top level and at the bottom level. The top level is very important because market is, the market is constantly shifting on us, especially the past year or two. I feel like it's been shifting every quarter. So we have to, we need to have a strategy approach that is nimble because some of our older approaches it only really looked at it about on an almost annual basis. Whereas others don't look at the strategy or look, look ahead at all. <laughs> so long story short, culture is a multi-threaded, multi-faceted approach to actually get right. It is more than just some of the quote unquote subjective and squishy topics. Okay, I've got one last question for you before sure. we have to wrap up. So your book is the um, is for the, the left brain leader. For those out there who are more of a right brain leader, does this still apply to them? 
Oh, absolutely. I find I find that right brainers also get um, get benefits from this book simply because number one, a left brain approach typically tends to break things down into smaller pieces in an organized manner. So even right brainers can actually pick some of those up and pick up a lot of tips for the various situations that they're in. Besides that, actually, the bigger one, the bigger benefit that I've seen right brainers get is that they also work with left brainers uh, in their company as well. And sometimes they get confused at, at how they process the world. So it gives an opportunity to understand where they're coming from, perhaps speak in a language that that they can understand to all get on the same page. So that is that is one major benefit that I've found that right brainers can get from this book. Great. This is good stuff. Um, thanks, um, Andrew. Can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Absolutely. Well, you can find the book on Amazon. It's called Culture for the Left-Brained Leader. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me under Andrew YJ Kim. You can also email me at andrew at culturenstrategy.com. You can also look, look us on our website, www.culturenstrategy.com. Excellent. Um, and before we fully wrap up, is there anything that we can do for you, Andrew? Well, I suppose I'll, perhaps an opportunity to share one take home which is the fact that these ideas of culture, even though it can seem far off, companies that have focused on this have been able to pivot more successfully than other companies that haven't. So I've come to open my mind from a do or die situation when I hit that brick wall and it was extremely painful and nothing else was working. I encourage the audience to consider it before they get into their into that do or die situation because number one it might be too late then or number two is an extremely stressful situation to readapt how we approach things in such pressures that's that's great information for our listeners thank you for sharing that um and thank you for joining us today we really appreciate it andrew thank you to our listeners for tuning in and everything you want to know about andrew will be in the show notes and if you want to work with us, connect with us, reach out, do anything with us, uh, you can find all of, our, all of our information, excuse me, is on sbpace.com. And then we've got our social out there as well. LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah, and everything's on sbpace.com. Yeah. And um, while you are out on the interwebs, go ahead and download and rate our podcast. We would be so grateful you want to subscribe and give us a written review we'll take that as well the more feedback we can get the better and if there's topics you're interested in hearing about go ahead and head on over to sppace.com and let us know what they are by filling out a form don't forget to purchase our book if you haven't already it's called seriously now what a small business guide to disaster management Ooh, that is not the name of our book <laughs> it should be because that's what i keep calling it a small guide to a business guide to whatever it's in the show notes. <laughs> Here's a digital workbook download on our website. Uh, it's the number one 
Amazon bestseller. And if you have purchased it, rate it and review it for us. We would appreciate it. <laughs> I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping both left and right-brained business owners.